I do. And I don't. And welcome to I Do and I Don't podcast. You're uh, listening to us on a Monday, but we are actually live streaming this. Can I hear the crowd? Okay, uh, th- that doesn't make sense. We're, I'm live streaming this. We, I, we are live streaming this on the internet on Facebook. So we're gonna have uh, we're gonna hopefully hear from some of our viewers who are actually seeing us. And I'm of course here with my uh, beautiful co-host, Cat. Hello, internets. Now the thing is that Cat uh, has put in more effort than she ever has when she just comes to see me, and we do just the audio portion of this podcast yeah um, I don't think geez. I have worn lipstick ever once when we've ever recorded actually there was one time because you told me we were going to record a commercial so I oh, right. I think I brought lipstick and then put it on at the studio but I was not. like that looks so nice you look like you're alive and as soon as we were done you wiped it off and you were like you don't get to see this no this is not like for you this yeah, is for I the felt- internet I was like that's a little bit harsh I mean you're lucky um, if I'm wearing pants with the a non-elastic waistband, right? That's true. What's the deal? Can and people maybe can weigh in on this. What's the deal with? Um, and this is me talking comedically. What's the deal? What's the deal with uh, sweatpants? Like girls like guys in sweatpants? Sometimes, sometimes I don't think it's like we like them all the time in sweatpants. But it's nice to see that side of someone when they're like just a little bit undone. I love it when my partner wears sweatpants because he never wears stuff like that day to day. And I just know that he's like comfortable, maybe ready for a tumble. I don't know. There's just something about it. Is there something where um, the sweatpants, you can see things in the sweatpants that maybe you wouldn't be able to see because there's a lot of um, moving fabric. Like... Are you talking about penis? Yeah. Maybe. Is I that, don't know. Does, I hadn't does really, that come into play? I usually like the way they sit on someone's butt, personally. Yeah. That's usually where I'm looking. But mm-hmm. uh, it's because the dick swings. Yep, Samantha just called it. Okay. Yep. Thanks, Sam. <laughs> yep, kind of, it's the dick swing. That's it. <laughs> Why am I not saying Maybe that's it's it. Dick swinging. It's dick swinging. All right, that's good to know. So um, what did we do? I know that there are probably most of the people that hopefully that have tuned in have listened to the podcast. Um, Let's pretend some of them haven't just in case. Some of them haven't or the people that are uh, listening uh, later. uh, What is this podcast? So our podcast is a marriage and relationship advice show. Um, and we weigh in on your listener marriage questions uh, that you send to us, primarily to me. Joel never sees the questions, and I read through them and craft answers uh, based on my experience as a secular minister who performs many, many marriage ceremonies when we're not all in quarantine. Um, and Joel then weighs in on the questions as well from his perspective. And My perspective being that of someone who's never been married and uh, never, well, barely had a successful relationship. So um, I'm coming at it with fresh eyes. That's what I like to say. And, you know, because a lot of people, they get clouded by their own bitterness and their own grudges and, and their own horrible experiences. I go, I'm coming at this with fresh eyes. Very fresh. I can say they're very fresh. Almost like a child. <laughs> a man-child. Um, yeah. Yeah, a little bit. 
so I guess, you know, like when we put it out there that we were going to do this show live, I got inundated with questions. But you're not going to like this, Joel, because some of them are pretty vague. Mm, I hate vague questions. I know but you do. Are we, do so we usually, each podcast, we take three of those questions that people send to I do and I don't show at gmail.com or uh, send to Kat through one of our social media, Instagram or um, Facebook at I do and I don't show. And uh, we do about three of them. Is that what we're doing to the, to the same thing tonight? Yeah, we can do the same format if you like. Uh, if people are really into it and they want us to keep going, we can maybe tackle a fourth question. <laughs> that would be unprecedented. It would be. All right, well, everything uh, is unprecedented these days, isn't it? All right, well, should we start with the first question? Here's our first question. How much detail is too much detail to go into with your girlfriends about yours and your partner's sex life? That's okay. part A. Part B is, do you tell your significant other how much you tell your girlfriends about your sex life? This is a difficult question for me to weigh in on, Kat. <laughs> Well, I think it's important to have the male perspective here. Uh, uh, the male perspective on what I goss with my girlfriends about? Okay, but first I need to do a poll since we have like a captive audience tonight. I want to know um, how many of you do talk to your girlfriends about your sex lives? Are you going to be brave enough to admit it? I feel like, you know what, I get mixed um, sort of mixed reviews on this because I have asked and I believe that like, there, are, there is a component. Like, I'm sure you and your girlfriends um, just go on and on about. Why are you these sure types that that's the case, Joel? <laughs> Come on, Kat, give me a break. You probably probably bring it up. They're all like shy, and you're like, "Well, so do you guys got dildos? Um, what are you guys using? This is my favorite." And you like link them. It's like when I was sharing bidet attachments to people that were lo- losing their minds over toilet. Oh paper. yeah, one hundred percent. I talk with my girlfriends about sex a lot, but to share like specific details. Oh, specific. That's what the question. Is. Yeah, it's like how much do you share about your sex life with your partner, with your girlfriends? Ooh, interesting. Kyle says he doesn't um, share <laughs> things with this. What don't I talk about? So yeah. Um, so you. So th- we got a couple pe- couple people there saying that they do talk about specifics. You're saying you don't talk about specifics. Oh no, I didn't say that. <laughs> oh, so you do. So my answer, my personal answer, is depends on the girlfriends and depends on the partner. Right. So like, if I'm with someone who I know is a really super private person, um, I-, I probably am not going to share as many gritty details as someone who I know wouldn't be as bothered by it. But there's also the thing where you can give those t- kinds of details but not attribute it to a specific person. Right, I suppose. Right? So you can be like, no, I, like, you know, you're talking with your girlfriends and they're like, um, well, no, I've never, we'll go back to squirting that old well. Um, no, I've never squirted. You're like, oh, well, one time I just, somebody wanted me to squirt all over their face or something. Like, you know what I mean? It, it becomes something that's non-specific to a person but specific right. and what happened right yeah no but I I definitely know girlfriends who talk quite specifically about their partners like so-and-so did this awesome thing last night it was amazing or I did this to such and such for the first time and now he loves me all over again like we 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 are known to do this kind of thing now one thing that I uh, would like to say is that you know in my life and I don't want to brag and say, oh, I'm such a great lover. But I'll say that, like, if I am, if I am, hypothetically, hypothetically, I would love 
to be talked about. And I, and I know this has never happened. And I don't know if it ever would, but like, could that become like a, like if the one thing doesn't work out, someone else would be like, Oh, he, that he's free because I would like to get some of that. Like, is that a thing, Kat? Well, there's generally a code amongst girlfriends that we don't, like, mess around with each other's exes. That's such a waste of time. Like, I would, please, like, that should be, because the guys don't care, do they? The guys wouldn't. Why are you, girl, get over yourselves. Can you say (laughs) that? Get over your, stop being so stingy. I was just going to use that word. It is a bit stingy, I suppose. But then, like, no, you don't, you just don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. All right. But, yeah, but it is nice to promote someone's skills. But I don't think guys do that. Like, I don't think men talk to each other about the specific things that their girlfriends do in bed. Do you? Like, is that a conversation you have? It depends on the guy and it depends. <laughs> right? Like, I think, it's just the same we, answer. Does this mean that we're more guilty of this locker room talk that I hear so much about in this You know case? what? I think it, it really depends. And it also doesn't even depend on the level of friendship with the guy. I had a this fella, um, he needed a place to stay. And I had him stay for an evening before he went home to wherever he lived. Um, <laughs> that sounds very so big. sketchy. I, I just don't want to get into specifics because I don't want to, not that he's listening, but I just wouldn't want to identify. But anyway, at that time, he's like, oh, I w- was hooking up with this girl and I never asked for this, but she uh, gave me a rim job. She just did it. And he was like, I really enjoyed that. And that was just like, I was like, I don't know you that well. You know, we're not that close. This is an interesting story. Did you know the girl? I didn't know anyone. Like this was, it was very far removed from me, like my, my life. I was like, he was an acquaintance. And uh, so that was a guy that was very open to discuss those things. Um, I think I have maybe mentioned one or two things to certain people, but yeah, I think it really depends. But, but so, so have we, this is a weird question cause there's no real, like we're just weighing in on our opinion, but what, wasn't there a part, something to the question that we, that was like, like how much is specific? too much? I guess, I, I mean, again, much? it's like, it's individual to the partner, right? Like if you know your partner's shy and that they would be horrified to know that you're telling your girlfriends like the intimate details of what they do in the bedroom, maybe don't tell them that you're telling your girlfriends the intimate details. Yeah, of I was going to say like if you're uh, if you're with somebody who's very shy. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't specific to any actual situations in life, but if you're super shy or what have you, or your partner's super shy, like, aren't you still allowed to um, sort of just connect with a, a friend and tell them those deep, dark secrets? Or not even dark secrets, but those personal secrets, because that, that's what they're there for, isn't it? Like, that's not wrong, is it? I mean, it is a little bit of an invasion of privacy, but it's not like you're saying bad stuff. Typically, if in my experience, if I'm sharing that kind of stuff with a girlfriend or she's sharing with me, it's because she's like, oh, my God, you will not believe how fantastic that was. And to me, it's like information gathering because then I hear like they've done this thing and maybe I have done it. Maybe I haven't. I'm kind of like, oh, I wonder if I could try that. How would that go over at my house? And then like we gather the information, we bring it home to the next homestead. To me, it's like, you know perpetuating the love really but to but i'll be honest with you i feel like it is just as important to mention the bad things because who else are you gonna go like guys is this normal 
I guess that's like true. this is insane. Like you should be able to have someone in your life that you discuss absolutely everything with. As much as like I wouldn't, I don't want to know that about my partner necessarily. If I've done something embarrassing or like I don't want that put out into the world. But I think that that's a good, it's good to have that sounding board and that that confidant who can kind of go, Mm-mm, you're in something that's really crazy or that sounds great or, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. maybe you need a safe word. These are all good things to discuss <laughs> with, your, with your friends. Um, well, I think we've answered that question. Okay, here's another one. This is a good one. This is a pithy one. Question number two. How do you handle discussions about religion or worldviews when one person is very strong in their beliefs and the other presumably is not? Uh, How do you separate that part and allow everything else to work well, especially when raising children? Mm. Why don't you weigh in on this one first, Kat? Didn't I just weigh on the last one first? We're not pointing fingers. Okay. Um, Well, I'm going to say that... um, if you if there is somebody who is very strong in their beliefs um and you can't even discuss like these these differing beliefs with them then that's not a good match and if there are why are there children involved at this point <laughs> when you're still fighting about religion and yeah, politics yeah you have worked that out Ahead of time, why are you marrying somebody or having children with someone with completely different views than you? This is a good lesson for people that are dating. If somebody's somebody's got like strong convictions that are completely opposite of yours, it's walk away. I don't know about walk away, but there has to be some agree to disagree here, right? Like you're not going to change somebody's religious beliefs. And if you're marrying someone who has very strong faith or attachment to their religion, and you are like a non-religious person, you got to got to accept that that's the facts that you're dealing with. And as far as children are concerned, I feel like if you haven't already had those conversations before the kids come along, that um, is kind of like really bad planning. <laughs> yeah, it's a huge mistake. Yeah. Like I know a lot of people who are of mixed faith marriages and like one parent's religious, the other one isn't. Brenda says beliefs and views can change over lifetime. Well, that's true. So that's a bit of a, a challenge if these things have changed. But like, you know, lots of people decide that they're going to raise their kids in the religion that they are really attached to. But they're also going to help them understand that, you know, they have a, a whole bunch of different other views in the world that are worth considering. Like, say, if their dad's not religious, dad doesn't believe in the same stuff that we do. But this is what I want you to learn about. And usually families like that kind of like give the kids guidance and education and then let them decide for themselves what they're going to do as grownups. And that's lovely um, if that, but that's not the case in this question. In this question, we have somebody who isn't like can't listen, like it doesn't want to, like can't have a conversation and and just be like, okay, yeah, we just think differently. Um Right? Isn't that what the question is? Like, how do you have that conversation? Yeah, how do you how do you handle discussions about worldviews and religions if one person's very strong in their beliefs? Yeah, so how did that happen? Like, that's, I feel like... Maybe they were born know, again in the course of this relationship. Like, if they, yeah, just... And that is a... That can't happen. You have that, you know, whatever, um, conversion, where you're just like, oh, that makes sense to me now, and then you go crazy the other way. 
um, then I guess that can be a thing. Oh, this is interesting. Amanda says core beliefs don't change, which is interesting that like what you're raised with and who you are at your core in most cases is very hard to shift, right? So yes, I uh, I was saying that sometimes you may have a, a dramatic conversion story and then be really, really into um, your particular worldview. Um, and uh, and and that that will become an issue later on in the marriage. And that is a, t- a tough one. How can you? I mean, if it wasn't there from the beginning, there's not that many, you can't really go like, babe, we were on the same page. And you know what I mean? Yeah, like if you have totally opposed religious and worldviews, I don't know how you navigate those conversations. You should probably just get divorced, right? Like, Definitely. Um, if you... If there's any sort of worldview, and by the way, it's not, it's religion, but it's any kind of worldview. Like what if somebody became an avid supporter of the Donald? Uh, that's immediately and- where my head went. I was like, that's a deal breaker for me. I would rather find you watching gay porn than find out you're a Trump supporter. Check it, up. episode 21. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that that these are crazy things that people may, situations people may find themselves in. And I don't, uh, what I would say is it depends on who has the stronger personality. And I'm not saying the other person has to uh, change their worldview, but they just have to fake it. They have to fake it. So you have to fake it. You have to fake it. But this is important, Kat. You fake it, but you, you start thinking of ways to like drop little hints in order to change the person's worldview. But you have to do it subtly. And you have to do it with humor. And it's just the way that anything works, uh, like on the internet, you know, everyone's worldview is being can be chipped away at if you just, you know, give the right kind of, you know, indoctrinate them the other way around. So you're talking about brainwashing, basically. You kind of have to brainwash your partner. Um, and that, but I mean, that can be a fun thing. And it gives you something to think about and and, and plan for them. It's kind of like a, like the amount of thought and care you put into it can strengthen your relationship, I think. Mm, it sounds, again, like a manipulation tactic a little bit. You know, it sounds a lot like that, but <laughs> they were manipulated. <laughs> you got to keep in mind, they were manipulated to lose their minds. Like they were manipulated by the far right to become Trump supporters. You just have to re-manipulate them back. Bring them back. Is that so wrong? Oh, no, certainly. I don't think so. Bring them all back, please. Quick. Yeah. Hurry before there's no time left. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, do you agree that it's a deal breaker, though, if your partner has, like, fundamentally different religious or worldviews? If if you're date, I would say that you, if you're dating somebody, that's a good reason to break up. Oh, yeah, for sure. But if you're in the midst of a marriage with children and this is something that you're still grappling with, like, maybe... Amanda, I think, was right when she said that uh, that core values never change. There's a good chance that somebody would have gotten into the relationship. I mean, this is just hypothetical. Um, and who used to be a evangelical Christian, but then, you know, just bl- lost a their bit. way as it were. And then they, you go, well, is, are, but is that going to come back? And sure enough, it will, or sometimes does. And then you, if you don't agree with that, 
there's going to be a problem. Yeah. So like, what if maybe they both started out religious together, right? And like wanted to raise their children in the church together. And then like, maybe one of them got a little bit more liberal as things moved on and was a bit like, do we really need to still be in this mindset? I don't know. I don't know how you get on the same page about stuff like that or agree to disagree. It's a tough call because Man, it would it works so much better if you are on the same page. <laughs> well, yeah, wouldn't it? Like, but but also if if there are kids involved too, I think oh, yeah. like the parents have to be aligned in what they're going to teach their children, right? Like, so even if you disagree, you guys have to agree on how you're raising the kids. Yeah, and if you want to teach them that, hey, you know what? Adults can both have totally different ideas about these things in the world, um, and that's valuable because that's how the world actually is. And, you know, mommy believes this, but daddy believes that. And, like, we want you to learn about as much of it as you can. Like, yeah, we're back to you get to decide when you're a grown-up again, I guess. That's exactly right. So, um, and if the other person, so if the other person is unable to see that uh, kind of logic and go like, okay, yeah, we'll do that, do it that way, then um, do the manipulation thing. Yeah, brainwash them back. Rainwash them back. All right, so uh, next question. This is our third question already, though. Do you know that? What's that? This is our third question, then. We'll just take uh, extra time with it. Okay. <laughs> it better be a good one. It's a big one, actually. And this, is, this one is interesting because I, for once, was stumped. Should my partner's behavior during this pandemic be an indication of their character or are these particularly crazy times? Well, I'll just say that crazy times are exactly when your character is going to, like your true character is going to be exposed. Don't you think? Um, yeah, it's interesting because it is like a universally held belief that this kind of stuff can bring out the best and the worst in people simultaneously. So I right. guess it's all going to just be there, right? Like the, the very good things about them and the very bad things about them. Um, and I feel like a time like this is going to show you things that you didn't even know were in there f- for the people that you are close to. Good or bad, I suppose. So, but here's the thing, like my brother who was watching, I don't know if he still is. um, Amanda touched on this a lot. These times show people's true character and pay attention to how they act during this time. My brother was saying that as the Chinese population is coming out of quarantine, their divorce rate is like skyrocketing. There was an article in Bloomberg about how many divorces are happening now after couples are coming out of quarantine. Um, and like when you consider how much pressure everyone is under right now, like, first of all, to just like do this completely artificial stay in your homes, don't go anywhere situation. Right. And then you throw into it your children 24 seven. Plus there's all this financial uncertainty and strain. It's like a tinderbox. Right. So like if your relationship can survive that, I don't know, I guess you've got something truly special. But if your relationship is faltering in the face of that, is that real world faltering? Or is it just because of the immensely crazy circumstances? I think a relationship, like relationships are going to experience strain because there are going to be stressors. But a person's individual behavior, um, like 
what are we talking about when we're talking about their their true colors or their actual character? Like, what kind of behaviors are these that are that are being exhibited in this time? Because those that is their true character. Like, um, because you can easily, when times are good, kind of be you know light and airy and like everything's cool and you know. But when the thing when and I think I got to like Amanda should be our third. Um, because <laughs> it's what, what you just said already. I, I agree with that. That that you're going to see the true character when you're um, when there's that pressure, and it's either going to be you're either going to turn into diamond or coal. This is a is great a quote from Amanda. She's saying, uh, "Here's a lame quote: uh, the same boiling water that hardens the egg softens the potato. So it's not the circumstances; it's what you're made of." And your character could be the that of someone that's like oh, I'm going to be strong in this situation and I'm going to have patience and, you know, those are character qualities which might come out. I'm not going to hoard toilet paper. I'm going to have humility. I'm going to care for my fellow man. But then the other direction, I don't think you can just go, oh, that's just stress that's causing this guy to be a complete jerk. You know what I mean? So anyway, yeah, it, I, I feel like if you um, the the bad behavior, that's the true, and, and you're gonna you're gonna have stress, you're gonna have difficult conversations, you might disagree with uh, with what somebody, what the other person says, what your partner wants to do, and those are the things that will cause strain. But if you can maintain your like humanity and kindness and patience and all those things that's your true character if you can't do that then well sam is saying that she thinks these times show more so people's extremes in character rather than their true self yeah but what do you what is, like the extreme is the extreme of their true self that's what i i'm i agree with that that's if things are good and you can you never have to go through uh difficult times then yeah by all means everything could always be great but you kind of need that person that's going to be solid even in those times. <laughs> Am I crazy? No, I don't. I don't. I mean, you are, but like not because of this. Um, okay. I think that I think you each individual person has to kind of decide what's OK and what isn't right. Like, where's their threshold in this? Um, because these are like really wild circumstances. Uh Someone named Mickey says, I think the behavior is important to be clear on, too. I think you'll see everyone shorter or less patient, but the extreme behavior shows what people are capable of. Right. How much patience do you have? How, like, okay, yeah. How stressed out is your stressed out? We we got super stressed. We yelled at each other. This it was really crazy. And then I still came and said I'm sorry and and hugged you and said and kissed you and said I that shouldn't have happened. Blah 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 blah. Does is that happening or is it just you know you become a like I can't deal with your crap. You're a, you know you know what I mean. Like there there are different versions and behavior is what that's all that matters. Right. Yep, it's what you do in these times, I guess, that really... How are you in these times? What's your default? I'm, you know, I, I was just saying today um, to my best friend, Adam, that... Um, your best friend, you know, Adam. Yeah, I'm not his best friend, but he's my best friend. And 
um, I was just saying that, you know, I'm very uh, optimistic all the time. I'm a, I'm a sanguine personality, so I'm very uh, positive and up. So, uh, in a way, I feel like Samwise Gamgee. You know, like if you, because Lord of the Rings is basically the story I think of when I think of hard times. You know, like we're we're having a bit of a rough time, but it's nothing compared to Frodo. Okay, right. So Frodo, what was he like? He he got a little whiny near the yeah. end. I'll I'll be honest. He got a little whiny. You, you see some characters like um, Boromir. I mean, great example. That guy tried to take the ring. He was a bad guy. That was his character. I'm not. I don't want to say he was a bad person, but he, he made some really bad choices. He made some bad choices. Had some bad behavior, and that's an indicator of who he was. Yeah, that guy's Strider. gonna be a bad boyfriend. Strider was amazing the whole time. I mean, that guy. I mean, no wonder he's the king. Um, Is there a character who's like really? pretty chill and even and was really good at holding space for other people but then at some point in each day just kind of felt like at capacity with everyone else's emotions and then just had to like silently rock in the corner for a little while it was strider's girlfriend that's me uh, what's her n- <laughs> that's that one's me <laughs> you have to rock in the corner um, well, yeah, I get to this point every day where I just want to be held like I just want someone to hold me and just say you know what let me rub your feet or whatever because I um I'm not panicking um I have this profound sense that despite how difficult this is going to be we're going to be ultimately okay like we're going to have a lot of loss there's going to be a tremendous shift and lots of things are changing I feel like um I have the tools to move through this in a positive way and to like hold space for my family and my friends but then I just get like really overwhelmed with emotion and just kind of sad and tired at like six or seven o'clock every night I just want someone to just like you know hold me stroke my head so the thing is that there are different and I and I'm sure some of the people that are listening are kind of in your same boat which is the amount of responsibility and I was reading somewhere it was one of these memes that's just like you know if you're being a mom, being a teacher, being uh, do, going to work at home, you're doing three jobs. You know what I mean? Did, wait, did I? Oh yeah, because teacher. Um, and you, you really only you, you can't do three jobs. You know. So because um, I have three jobs on top of those three jobs, so right, a lot so. of jobs. <laughs> Although, let's be honest, like, all the other ones kind of have fallen away right now. The only thing that I'm doing work-wise is um, still coaching people with creative writing and journaling, but I'm doing that for free because so many people are so stressed out, and I'm just like, let's hang out and write in your journals. So, yeah, I don't... Money money is such a weird thing right now. (laughs) I don't have jobs anymore. I can't do any weddings. Like, weddings aren't happening, but, but yeah, it's a lot, like... And we're, I feel pulled in a lot of different directions and I feel up to the task for sure. Like I feel totally confident that it's okay, but. Well, you're a hero. I don't know that I'm a hero. I just want someone to hold me and tell me that I'm doing that a good a job. That's oh, it. That you're doing a good job. Just validate me a little bit, Joel. And, and no, I, Joel and I are not a couple, Brenda. And not to brag, but I don't have to do anything uh, that I don't want to do. So I uh, could. If I wanted to, I could wallow. Um, I could sit in the bathtub in a bubble bath, a vanilla bubble bath. Um, 
what else could I do if I wanted to? I could just eat chips and chocolate if I wanted to. Um, I can do whatever I want. And so I don't really have the same responsibilities and the same stress, and I don't want to brag. I am somewhat envious of this. But it makes me not be able to... I can empathize to a degree, but I just don't know. Like, I can just imagine that you you having to... Um, juggle all those things can be kind of crazy. Well, I'm very lucky because I have an amazing network of support. My ex is like so fantastic. He's he's the kind of person that you want to have close to you in a crisis time. He's just like really solid. And we've been sharing responsibility over the kids really well. And it's going super duper well. So I, I'm in a good position. I have some friends who have a shared custody situation where unfortunately their ex is not really following some of the social distancing rules and they're freaking out about the well-being of their kids and it's just like a nightmare for them. So It's really interesting, The um, and I don't know how we got on this COVID conversation, but it's really interesting how in these, like th- there's so many new problems that, the, that present themselves in a circumstance like this. And and that's wild to just be like, what? Amanda also has no schedule or responsibility. So you guys, you guys should talk, have a chip eating FaceTime hangout. That's crazy. We could just do nothing together. (laughs) Amanda, how do you feel about bidets? Do you like having a clean butthole? Uber clean. Who doesn't? Can I ask? I think if we've proven anything, we all want to have a clean ass. Who likes to have a clean butthole without smeared crap all over the place? I'm that was saying, actually one saying, of our next questions that you had suggested maybe we didn't want to tackle on this show tonight. There's a, another question about a bidet? Well, no, it's about a clean butt, though. Let's do one rude question. You got a rude one there? I don't think it's not rude. I think it's rude. an important question. Rude. Someone asked, what's the best way to prepare for anal? I said Mexican in three lines of blow, but that's not a scientific answer. <laughs> Can I can I ask like is it a good idea to um uh try to have done a number two like that's that I don't know not everyone's regular but like or as soon as bef- like not right before but like to have the, the way clear as clear as possible Well generally it is clear it's like an amazing self-cleaning machine Go on um, so typically if you're healthy and you've got like a regular schedule, um, the, that particular area is relatively clear. If you are nervous though, however, you can buy anal douches. So it's like a, a silicone bulb and you just do like a bit of a little water treatment, not unlike the bidet. Isn't that nice? A little bit more directed. So you can do that in preparation if you're really nervous. Um, I don't know if they're talking about cleanliness or just like easing things in there. So I mean Well, you you'll wanna get a um a little don't don't you wanna get some sort of a little toy to put in there for a bit first? Yeah, it's a muscle, right? So you've gotta kinda coax it and help it relax. First of all, you should not attempt this unless you're both really comfortable with the idea and into it, because if you have any resistance or anxiousness, things are gonna clench and it's gonna be a little more complex than you want it to be. So you should be as relaxed as you can be. Um but um, can I just say that don't think that you can do that kind of intercourse 
and not get pregnant because you still can. So, and also, would oh, this is an interesting question, Kat. Weigh in on this. Do you think you should always use a condom when you're doing anal? Because I read that that is the case. You should. Um, I mean, hygienically speaking, it's probably not a bad idea, especially if you're not in a position where you can get a really thorough cleanup happening afterwards. Um, if it's a regular partner who you are fluid bonded with and you've both been tested, then that's kind of up to you. Fluid would... bonded? Mm-hmm. What's that term? That's like when you've exchanged all the fluids that are exchanged. It's like a blood bond, but... For, it can that. be. It totally can be. It can be, depending on that time. On the, um, so that's interesting. So, uh, so yeah, so some people think that that's important. So um, a quality lube is important, too. Um, and, like, the, the silicone-based lubricants are decent, but you have to be really careful with them and um, certain sex toys. Uh, KY jelly is still a good go-to because it's a little thicker, so it, it's easier in that context. Interesting. Interesting. That brand has just stayed alive. Stayed alive. You don't mess with the classics. Um, and then I guess like just easing into it, playing with the area of the finger. Um, you can start with plugs cause they come in many different sizes and you can kind of work your way up. And then as you get more comfortable and more experienced, you can, yeah, water-based. You don't, don't use silicone-based if you're using them with sex toys. Water-based lubes are better, for sure, with toys. And You know, for one of these types of questions, this conversation is less uh, fun and cheeky as I had hoped. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Sorry about all the science. Um, are we calling that science? Hmm? Are we calling that science? I, well, I guess it's technical details. Maybe not so. Sorry for all that, that anecdotal, anecdotal evidence. evidence. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Burt Reynolds. And you really don't want to. You don't really want to shove the whole thing in at the, at the same time. Do we like wanna... any sexy virtual video games? I have not explored any sexy virtual or video games. No, me neither. I don't even know. I don't play video games at all, which is not to say that. I have any sense of disdain for these things. I just am not coordinated enough, generally speaking. I get, I've like, I just remember as a kid, you know, you get aroused at everything. I would get aroused whenever I saw the mushroom pop up um, on Super <laughs> Mario because it reminded me of my own penis. So. so basically, all video games were sexy video games too. Yeah, in 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 those days, there was a lot of phallic. Uh, head of penis type looking things. And that just made me, I wasn't a gay thing. It made me think of my own penis. Okay. What about Pac-Man though? Like, yeah. Um, lady Pac-Man. <laughs> I like lady Pac-Man cause it was just like constantly gobbling too rude. Donkey Kong explain Donkey Kong to me. Donkey Kong. That's, that's anger management. That's not sexy at all. Anger. Do you think anger is sexy? Um, actual anger? No. <laughs> oh, you love your, you love your safe word. Uh... Should we do this again? Do you guys want to see us do another live show again? And did I sufficiently answer that anal question? I don't know. I think you did. If I did. Joel, Joel gets uncomfortable when I talk about sex because he's afraid his mom's going to hear it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I didn't really weigh in too much on that preparing. How for do you anal. prepare for anal, Joel? I just get my, I got to get, you got to get your head in the game. You got to be like, don't finish instantly because as everyone knows anal is the most exciting thing that can ever happen to any man 
ever any time of his life. So you want to try your <laughs> best. How could that be true? <laughs> you want to try your best not to just finish instantly. Um, so that's the, that's the trick that I uh, use. Sarah's saying, please do it again. It's all we have. Please, God, don't tell me that we are all you have during this pandemic. <laughs> Also, I know you think that you're being complimentary saying, please do it again. This is all we have. But it sounds like it's the, well, this is all we have. It's the best we can do. Like, <laughs> it's not a nice thing to hear. Oh It'd be better God. like, we're so busy, but I'll make time for this because it's amazing. That's what I want to hear. Well, I think we nailed I do and I don't show. I'm, I want to thank everybody for joining us. Yeah, thanks, guys. We really appreciate it. Um, our, we'll do, I'm sure we'll do another stream. Uh, we'll let you guys know on our uh, Instagram, instagram.com slash I do and I don't show. We stream on Facebook live at facebook.com slash I do and I don't show. Yeah, and please send us your questions. You can send them to us through direct messages through any of our social media avenues or to I do and I don't show at gmail.com. And Joel never reads them. I will protect your anonymity. Um, we will definitely do this again. Yeah, I had a lot of fun, and I know Kat had a lot of fun. I could see her huge smile. <laughs> A huge smile. Thank you, Julia, for validating. She says, it was good, but I like this one too. Still not as much as I'd like. I would, But this one's better. Can anyone say that? Well, uh, I don't know if Julia's ever heard the podcast, so I think she should listen to some podcast episodes because that's, you know. I appreciate that. That's yep. True. And then Julia can also check out the fact that Joel has the voice of an angel and is an amazingly talented musician. So there's like that kind of awesome factor as well. I mean, Kyle's all right, but he can't sing. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever I big up your singing, you sing in a preposterous fashion, and then everything everyone thinks I'm full of shit. If we're promoting our little uh, things, I have this uh, Instagram uh, that I want people to check out. It's Snackable Comedy Bites. Have you seen any of my Snackable Comedy Bites, Kat? You I have. Yes, I have. They're some of the finest comedy on the web. Um, some people might say they're hack comedy. But I'm posting them one a day to try to bring levity um, for the COVID uh, situation we're in. Snackable comedy bites. I love them. Sometimes I smile at them. Sometimes they make me feel inexplicably full of rage. So I, <laughs> it's it's a tough one. I don't know. You have to check it out and let us know what you think. Uh, Brenda's asking where she listens to the podcast. Where can she find our podcast? Where? Yeah, there. it's all over the internet. Spotify. Where do you iTunes. listen to it? If you go to, and this is a little bit, I never mention it, but joelvanvleet.com slash I do and I don't show, will, there's links. <clears throat> That's not COVID. There's links um, on all the episodes to the four major platforms, Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, and uh, Google Play. So you can find the links there. Yeah. We're around. We're around on the internets. But uh, Kat, it's been a pleasure. And likewise, friend. And I can't wait till we can actually do this in person and we don't have these people saying some things that I disagreed with in the comments about your old show. And uh, that leaves me just to say one more thing, which is stay inside. <laughs>